Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer, and I'm so happy to be with you again today. I thought today that we would talk about suppression. I have a lot of people come in and they'll say, Sue, you're always talking about suppression. Exactly what is it you mean? Well, I have to think about the fact that when I was a young mother, I can remember standing in the colds and flu aisle at the drugstore. Honestly, I used to be there. And looking at cough syrups because the kids would have been sick. And I was trying to decide which cough syrup I should give them. And it would say expectorant, suppressive, or expectorant and suppressive. And I'm, you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to give my kids. And so I would just get them the one that said both suppressant and expectorant. Well, that's a contradiction in terms because an expectorant you helps to bring out the mucus and a suppressive holds it in. And if you actually look in the dictionary, suppression simply means the stoppage or reduction of a discharge or a secretion. Or yet it is you could the definition could be to put an end to the activities of something, to do away with it by or as by authoritative or to abolish to keep in or to repress, to stop or arrest a flow, hemorrhage, or cough. I could keep going. There's so many things and so many ways to, to suppress something. In health, we have to stop and think about the suppression of anything. If you go back to when we're first little kids in grade school even, and we're learning about the human body, and we learn about the flow of the blood that goes around the body, and there's little arrows that show how the arteries flow and in which direction the arteries flow and how the blood flows through the heart and then how it flows out through the little veins. And we're taught in very simple terms how the body functions. And it is just that simple. We have to remember that God is an orderly God and everything is always the same and it's really always simple. It's super, super complicated if you really stop and delve into it. But yet it's so simple. The whole principle is so simple. So when we talk about suppression, we're talking about stopping the action of something. Stopping like the blood flow or the cough or the urine or the menses or whatever it is we're talking about. And when you go to the doctor and there's an issue, like I say, the doctor will say, and, and don't get me wrong, we need medical doctors. We really do. We need med- good medical doctors. We need good surgeons, people who really care. And in, I will say, in today's society with, you know, the kind of medical treatments that we get nowadays, our doctors are literally standing there with their hands tied. Even though they know they would like to check something out in one direction, their hands are tied. Even if they're a good doctor and they have a sense about something, you know, they have to follow protocol. Okay, that's kind of a sidetrack, but the point is, is if you ask the doctor, okay, doctor, what about this cough? And he'll say, don't worry, we'll give you something for that. Are you going to heal my cough and get rid of it naturally? No, 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 don't worry about it. We'll, we'll give you something that'll, that'll stop that cough. In other words, we'll give you something to suppress that cough. I had a man that was, he had gone in several times for hiccups. 
Now, oddly enough, hiccups, once in a while there will be something, something organic that they can actually find a reason for hiccups. But in a case where you can't find a reason for hiccups, 99% of the time it's emotional. And so, and I say emotional because there's a suppression of emotions, therefore it causes the hiccups. A uh, hiccup is actually when you get an imbalance in the diaphragm, and so the lungs are just out of whack, and they're not, they're not working in sync together. And that's the diaphragm's job, is to make sure everything is working in sync. And once in a while, there'll be something will just get out a little bit out of whack, and the hiccups will occur. It doesn't take too long, and they, they'll go back into sync together. But once in a while, you'll have something like that, that they just, it'll flare up, and the hiccups will come on. What's causing that? Well, again, once in a while, there'll be an organic imbalance or like say a tumor or something like that could be causing that imbalance but when nothing can be found let's go to the emotional end of it something's being suppressed and it's causing that imbalance but regardless of all that suppression (laughs) is what the allopathic physicians do when you go in to get fixed for something you have a sore throat a headache migraines asthma arthritis, it doesn't matter what it is, even cancer, they're going to suppress it. That's how they, that's the only thing they really know to do. They're not going to say, oh my goodness, I think we can cure you from this. I think we can look at your whole person and cure you. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, well, let's run some tests, we'll figure out what the cause is, and then we'll take care of it. In other words, we'll cut it out, we'll drug it, we'll suppress it. And I'm not trying to be mean here, because this is what they're taught. This is all they know. And so this is what they do. James Tyler Kent, oddly enough, you can pick up his books just about anywhere, but he's one of the best doctors in homeopathy and lecturing to explain. Well, okay, I will tell you, I had to get a medical dictionary so I could follow him. And it took me a couple of years to really get his lectures figured out. But once I started understanding the old terms, the old language from the 1948 Gould's Medical Dictionary that I picked up on eBay. <laughs> it's kind of fun because the names and have changed a lot in our medical world today. But once I got all that figured out and his talk on suppression, he makes no bones about it. He's, I mean, there's actually a couple of remedies here. He'll, he'll tell other doctors while he was giving his lectures. He says, doctors, once you have killed one or more patients, you will soon learn. <laughs> Okay, that's not funny. Because suppression, you don't want to suppress. You drive the disease state deeper when you suppress something. And I I look back now and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, my older kids, when I would put them on antibiotics, when I would give them the colds and flu, when we would suppress certain particular diseases, sure, it would just come back again or it would come back in a different form. The point is, is they were on antibiotics every three or four months because all we were doing was suppressing the situation. Sure, they would appear to get better, and then it would just come back again. It would come back worse, or it would come back in a different form. The cold suddenly became pneumonia, or sinus infection, or later, asthma. Once you suppress it, it's going to come back. And so in homeopathy, that's what we're talking about. We say, do not suppress, okay? Fever. You don't want to suppress a fever because when you do, it confuses the vital force. You want to help draw it out. You want to help that draw. The fever is the body's way of trying to fight something off. So if you suppress that, what's happening? You're stopping the action of that 
healing process, the body trying to get rid of something. And I've talked about this like when um, in different diseases, like when the horse had West Nile. And yes, the horse had West Nile. We actually took, drew blood. But the first thing I did was run and get the belladonna, the great virus and interrupter. Got the belladonna, just actually put it in the cheek of the horse, one or two pellets of belladonna 30X, ran in, called my friend who worked for the vet clinic. She brought out vials to draw blood. And I said, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to treat this horse because I knew as West Nile was walking through the whole area, I knew these horses were just dying. They would go down and they never got up again. My horse wasn't down yet. He was stumbling and tripping and he couldn't walk very good, but he wasn't down. So I told her, I said, just come out and help me. So she came out, she drew the blood, and I allowed her to give the horse fluids. Because by the time she got here, it was about an hour and a half after I had given the first dose of belladonna. I think I had given two more doses since, at, you know, during that hour and a half. And when she got there, I went running back out. We met with at the horse. I said, oh, my goodness. She said, look at this. And at the end of every hair on that horse literally was a drop of sweat. What had happened was that belladonna was acting in such a way that it causes the body to steep up its vital force to fight the virus. Because it, it suddenly is able to recognize that virus, what's going on within the body. And it raises the temperature. So as that temperature is raised then it pushes out that heat and the virus it pulls, pushes it from the vital organs and it pushes it to the exterior in the form of sweat and fever and so when that happened well I allowed her to give the horse the fluids just because they were beneficial to helping him because he hadn't drinking any water in several hours and you could with all that sweat he was going to get dehydrated so we gave him the fluids but by morning the horse was acknowledging me his head was out of the feed bunk because he had actually just taken his nose and rested it in the feed bunk closed his eyes and that's where he stood but the next morning he was up and he was looking around he was still real spoofy his you could tell that he had a headache (laughs) but it was it was the most amazing recovery you ever witnessed because we did not suppress we actually helped to bring out that fever in that disease state so like when a child has a fever what do the doctors tell us to do they say give Tylenol get you know bring down that fever well I say give belladonna if it came on fast give belladonna if it came on slowly give ferrum and then put on the pickle socks you don't want that you don't want to make the child get chilled I remember one time when I had a really high fever the doctor said get her in an ice tub well put me in an ice tub and I started shaking so bad that the fever just it was it was horrible <laughs> so my mom called the doctor they said well warm up the towel a little bit you want to pull the heat out you don't want to you know chill her so they warmed the tub up and that did it helped me get rid of the fever but what I tell moms to do is the the pickle socks which a dear friend of mine, my homeopath, said, soak them in kosher pickle juice, the white cotton socks and kosher pickle juice, put them on the feet, cover them with real wool socks, and be prepared to change those socks, those cotton socks about every 20 minutes because as the fever spikes after giving the belladonna, it'll pull the heat right out of the body and actually dry the socks. I had one mom who is actually an emergency room nurse and has been for many years, and her son was having about every six to eight weeks the child would run a super high fever and the mom was just beside herself of course she's an emergency room nurse she tends to know this is a very this can be very serious so I told her when this happens give the pre-prepared give the belladonna give I like to give aconite and belladonna aconite belladonna alternating but when it's something that's a recurrent stage like this you can just give the belladonna put on the pickle socks, help the body to draw that fever out 
because you don't want it to stay internal. You want to pull it away from those internal organs so that it's not able to do any internal damage. Pull it out from the body, through the feet. That's, the, that's a great way to do that. And as it turns out, that mom praises homeopathy and pickle juice socks because her son quit having high fevers after that. That's the, what the grandma reported to me anyway. And I have to believe it because I know the mom is a firm believer in homeopathy ever since. But this is what happens. You just you want to pull those disease states out of the body. And like eczema, psoriasis, things like that on the outside of the skin do not suppress them. They used to suppress external things like that and that would drive the disease state inward. When you suppress the skin, it tends to drive it internally to the lungs. If you suppress the lungs with inhalers and other suppressants, it will drive it to the internal the internal organs, the mucous membranes of the intestinal tract. And that's why we end up with so much colitis, the inability to assimilate our nutrients, irritable bowel, all these wonderful diseases. Because we're a nation of suppressors. We suppress, suppress, suppress. We don't even stop to think that we're driving it inward. But we are. We need to get it up and out. And like for lungs, I, oh, I've got to throw this in too because this winter... I will say in our state, you know, we've got farmers having to kill turkeys because there's a respiratory disease out there killing all these turkeys. Now we have hoglot farms that have been diagnosed with the PERS, which is another respiratory disease. We have families with little children being diagnosed with whooping cough. And the doctors diagnose them with this because, oh, you don't immunize? You must have whooping cough. It's not the whooping cough. There's no whoop to it. It's just a deep cough that is a respiratory ailment. And it's very much like what the chickens and the hogs are being are having. The point is, is we do not want to suppress that. You don't want to give those suppressive cough medicines and things like this. You want to get it up and out. And there's some wonderful tinctures that mothers have been making. There are wonderful salves and homemade ointments with essential oils and homeopathic remedies and onions. Uh, in my book, I talk about onions, the onion poultice that wonderful woman gave me this uh, I'm not going to say it on the radio here but uh, she gave me this recipe for onion poultice and she said if I can remember the story correctly but she said she told me that her aunt and this was like a long time ago because this woman is quite elderly now but they had called the family together her aunt was in the hospital and she was dying of pneumonia so the family came in yes she was very ill and they asked permission to do an onion poultice on her chest the doctor said, well, it's not going to hurt, <laughs> you know. Apparently, the woman was able to leave the hospital the next day. Those onions just pulled that poison right from her chest. And we need to know this stuff because it's pulling it out. We're not suppressing it. We're pulling it out of the body. And so for that onion poultice, we just take one or two onions. We bake them until they're almost, you know, you don't want them super, super gushy, but you want them done enough so that they're not going to burn the skin when you chop them up. And then you take out the center of the onion or you could just chop it up you put it on the chest directly I like to cover wrap saran wrap around the whole body then so that it holds that in place and then put a moist towel over that and then cover it with a dry towel that way it holds the heat in and I keep the towel hot and you leave that overnight by morning the pneumonia the infection and the lungs will be gone the onion will pull it right out don't ask me how but it works just like bentonite clay I had a bee sting the other day, and this gentleman has never had a reaction to a bee sting ever. And he had his arm out the window, and he come up upon, he, uh, he said, I'm not kidding you, it was a swarm of bees in the middle of the road. 
He said it was just the most bizarre sight, and the window was open a crack. One of the bees got in and stung him in the hand, and he had such a horrid reaction. So I was giving him the apis, and it seemed to work for a little while, and then it just quit working. I switched and went to carbolic acid, and that seemed to help too, but the bentonite clay really started the, the drying process. I said, just put it right over where the actual sting was, and then put a plastic bag on that hand, and just go sit down and watch TV for a couple hours or something, or read a book, and just let that draw. So he did. He did that for about two and a half hours, and that started the drying process, and he said he could not believe the difference after that. And that was the bentonite clay. I like to tell people, bentonite clay, when mixed with water, it actually creates a like a magnetic action to the bentonite clay and it comes from bentonite comes from low in the volcanic mountainous areas and it has miraculous drying properties many naturopaths will give bentonite clay as a detox internally and it's rich in minerals as well but I like to use it always as poultices it's great as a facial scrub you put it on let it draw out the impurities in the face anywhere there are any impurities in the body a lot of young people will actually say is it okay if I use that across my shoulders and my back yes of course it is because it helps to draw that the impurities right out I use it in the bottoms of the feet uh, you can actually take and put a nice thick layer on the bottoms of the feet and cover your feet with plastic and that will draw the toxins right out of your body and you can do that while you sleep you can do one foot one night one foot <laughs> but you can it'll pull it pulls impurities out because I talk about that in my book I've actually used it for heavy metal poisoning. When there was a dental extraction with of a cap tooth, it was amazing how it just pulls the heavy metals right out to the bottom of the feet. Right, you'll, after two days of bentonite clay poultices, eight hours each, it pulled the heavy metals right down to a point on the bottom of the foot and you just scratch the skin and it just popped right out. I kid you not, it's, it's absolutely amazing, the drying properties of bentonite clay. So I like to tell people don't hesitate to use it because it's not going to suppress anything. It's just going to pull it right out. And as, as far as essential oils go, Kent used to say, and I've said this before, lavender never suppresses anything. It kills bacteria efficiently, efficiently and it acts as an anesthetic, as, so you have numbing properties as well. And so it can be used internally, externally, and it never suppresses anything. I know I've been talking really fast and I just, I get really excited about homeopathy and trying to help people understand how homeopathy works. Homeopathy helps to heal, helps the body. What it does is it wakes up the, the vital force of the body and says it recognizes the disease state and then it'll heal itself. It doesn't suppress, it just wakes it up. And so when, I will have people come in and, and they'll ask me, if what they can use for homeopathy to get rid of something. And I know we talked about this a couple classes ago. And I keep learning my lesson the hard way because I'll tell somebody, oh, yeah, this is the remedy. It, literally, it'll always work for a particular issue. But the problem is, is I forget. I'm in a world where I've been using homeopathy and natural remedies for 20-some years. I forget that the rest of the world isn't on that same page. And so when I suggest a particular remedy... I'm jumping ahead of myself because many times they are on a particular drug for something, whether it be high blood pressure or thyroid, or they are under heavy suppression because they've been immunized to the max. And so their body is in suppression mode. And so therefore, the homeopathic remedies are not going to work for them. And I keep forgetting this. 
And so then I do homeopathy and injustice by say, telling people, oh, sure, you can use this, this, or that, and it's going to you know, take care of that problem because it's not going to because their body is not going to let them unlock that whole disease state because they're in such deep suppression. And so, you know, we have to be aware of that. And if people really want to start going the natural way, they have to slowly get off their pharmaceuticals. They have to wake up the, their body's vital force, their own healing mechanism by canceling the harmful effects of the immunizations that they've been taking or they've had or that they've given their children. So there again, we do that with the thui and that self. And that, it doesn't take away. People say, oh, but I don't want to take away all my immunizations. It's not going to take them away. It's going to help the body rid itself of the harmful effects of the immunizations because there are many harmful effects. It puts the body into suppression mode. And when it's in suppression mode, it will never heal itself. Do you see what I'm saying? This is so important for people to understand. If you want to be able to heal yourself, get your body out of suppression mode. Thuya and not self. And then also for other pharmaceuticals, there is the trio of arsenicum, silica, and nux vomica, which help to clean up the liver and get those pharmaceuticals out of the body because that also will put the body into suppression mode when it, it gets confused vital force. You know, you're suppressing it with antibiotics or you're suppressing it with other drugs. And so by using their arsenicum, silica, and nux vomica, it helps to get them out and clean things up. But I always like to start with the thuy and that self because if you've been immunized, According to Compton Burnett and his writings, Vaccinosis and its Cure by Thuya, you want to get your body out of suppression mode. And so with that said, I, I don't know. I just really hope that you can understand the whole system of healing versus suppression. Because when we suppress, you know, you can't heal. And the body can only do one thing at a time. So like if you have, it's kind of funny because we've talked about this, if you have a broken leg or a toothache, you know, one of the, your body's only really going to feel one thing at a time. If you have a tooth, you've been suffering a toothache, you break your leg, you're going to kind of forget about the toothache and you're going to, your body's got to work on healing that broken leg. It really can only do one thing at a time. And I have a friend who was just, oh, it breaks my heart, but I have a friend who, well, actually I have a couple of friends t- getting chemo right now. And it just really, really breaks my heart because there's so many people that have cancer. And, you know, if we had perfect situations in our life, perfect health, perfect nutrition, perfect exercise, no stress, you know, our bodies would constantly be in a rejuvenating, healing mode, and it would always be healthy. When any of those things in our lives, nutrition, um, sleep, stress get bumped out of whack that leaves the door open to disease and things that the body can't really recover from very quickly and so we want to always remember we are corporal we need our sleep we need our good nutrition we need our exercise and we need a prayerful life so that the spirit part of us which is that part which is in communication with God is healthy as well we always have to keep our priorities straight we can't let ourselves become overwhelmed. We can't let ourselves go without proper nutrition or proper sleep or proper exercise for a very long time because if we do, that part of us will begin to suffer. And again, we have to remember we're, we're corporal. Our spirit, our bodies, we all have, it has to work together. And, we, and when we're in tune with ourselves and we're in tune with what's right and what's good, then we'll have a sense about what's going on. So we need to just you know, slow down, 
do what we need to do to keep ourselves healthy and happy, choose joy, and don't suppress things. Even our anger, and when we're a little kid, you'll see little kids throwing a temper tantrum right in the grocery store, okay? You're walking up the aisle, there's a little kid sitting in the middle of the floor, stomping his feet and screaming. His mother's standing there next to him, either she's going to pick him up and she's going to swat his little tushy, or she's not going to know what to do, depending on, you know, what kind of a mother she is. But the point is, is the kid's throwing a temper tantrum. As that child grows older, he's going to learn that that's not socially acceptable. So he has to suppress that urge to throw a temper tantrum. That also is a form of suppression. We don't think of it as, oh my goodness, I have to control, you know, my temper. It's just a subconscious thing we know we have to because it's not acceptable. And those people who have a tendency toward anger, there's they're what we call, we talked about this before, we talk, there are liver people and other people who would love to sit there in the middle of the floor and cry. There are kidney people and other people who would maybe tend to get nervous that would, they would be our blood pressure people. We have all these different types of people, and it's, but like I said, it's not socially acceptable to sit there and have a fit or to cry or to, you know, have a nervous breakdown right in front of God and everybody. So they suppress that urge. That affects them on the internal, okay? And so that's where homeopathic remedies can come in. We have homeopathic remedies that help to touch and the like cures like. So tell you go to you, you go to a homeopathic doctor and you tell him this is my tendency doc. You know, this is the kind of person I am. I tend to have a fit or I tend to start crying or I tend to do this or that. And they're going to know by listening to your story. They're going to know which remedy to give you. And it's amazing how it's not going to change who you are, but it's going to help you bring balance into your life so that you're not suppressing that urge because you're you're more balanced. You're not likely to, you know, go behind the counter and just cry or whatever because you're more in balance. And that's what, that's what perfect health is, is it's balance. It's when we become unbalanced that our health starts to go awry. And we never, ever want to suppress, okay? Yes, you have to suppress your desire to punch somebody. <laughs> but then again, if you have that urge to punch somebody, you're out of balance. So we find that homeopathic remedy that is most like that urge to punch someone and then we, we can come back into balance again. And it doesn't take a whole lot sometimes to bump us out of balance. I had uh, someone who was talking to me and I says, you know, it sounds to me like you have been suppressing sadness for a very, very long time. Because she suddenly was having allergic symptoms. And she says, but I haven't had this since I was a child. And I said, you just bought a business. And this business is causing you many sleepless nights a lot of stress, even though you're still smiling because you have mastered. She had chosen joy. She had some childhood sadness. She had chosen joy, and you never see her without a smile on her face. But now suddenly she has allergy symptoms. I says, you know what? It doesn't take much to bump out that sodium balance in our body. So I suggested just to take a low-potency nat myrrh, which is natural muraticum. And I says, just see if that is enough to help control that. If not, you come back and we'll talk about it. But sometimes it's just the, the obvious that is so simple just go ahead and try it. It's not going to hurt a thing. It's a cell salt and it could easily have just been bumped out of balance because she's re- actually very healthy. She does no, no drugs. Very, you know, go get them young girl, but it doesn't take much sometimes. So anyway, that's my speech on suppression. And whenever you see someone who's taking something to suppress a symptom, please encourage them to, you know what, if you can just get through this without taking that drug, maybe you can get, you can learn a little bit about homeopathy or go see a homeopathic doctor. Homeopathic doctors, I admit, sometimes are expensive, but they're only expensive because they 
can't take, you know, your insurance. And that makes me really, really, really sad because they're not accepted in the medical industry. But you're still going to, you're going to pay more than that in copay. You're going to pay more than that in your deductible. So, and it's just going to take care of the problem. It's not going to come back again in six months and have to go to the doctor again. And you're going to be healthier. So, you know, like I said, I'm not a homeopathic doctor by no means, but I, I do help people with a few chronic cases now and then under the guidance of a, a, a very good homeopathic doctor. But the point is, is there are really good doctors out there. And the whole homeopathic community does work well together. They help each other. If they can't find the answer, they find someone who can. And I just, I'm such a firm believer that we can have our health. Oh, yes, 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 we're all going to die. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but we don't have to live in a suppression mode. We can just walk into old age happy and content, not always running around trying to stay young or contentment really can be ours. And that's what I'm trying to say is the natural order, the natural process of old age helps us prepare for eternity without trying to run away from it and without dealing with excess diseases and illnesses. And we can sit and read to our grandkids and we can help our children and our children's children with their daily chores and some of, and tell stories. And we can have this happy home life and there's so many joys to be found even in our old age if we're not sick and we're not a detriment to our family. And I remember my grandma's, you know, helping with the laundry or reading to us kids or inviting us over for a tea party or it was just it was it was wonderful and I want everyone to have that kind of family life as as they get older and as their families grow so enough about suppression thank you so much for being with me today and don't ever hesitate to email me at homeopathyformommies.com or theoutpostmercantile.com we have the website there and you can email us and like I say good luck Thank you so much for being here with me. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.